Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. All right, maybe you feel that frustration when you pray. And, and we take a moment to look at this and, and maybe have a laugh about it, because as we look at those things that, that those people are praying for that say, okay, you know what, I don't have a Corvette either. Uh, so so we, can, we can understand that. Uh, maybe we can sympathize a little bit for someone who's asking God for a relationship. We do live in Arizona, so I think an in-ground pool is really not too much to ask. But, but maybe, maybe some success, too, in what we do, success in business. So we look at that and we can laugh at that because we can say, well, all of those people, what they were asking for really isn't something that, that God promises and, and really isn't something that they need. But what about when you come and you pray to God and you ask for health? That, that you are sick, that, that you are suffering, and, and you're just asking God for relief. And that relief, maybe just you would take 10 minutes, uh, not even complete health. That you are looking at not success in your business, but a way to keep a roof over your head. Maybe you're thinking about the next meal that you're going to eat. That, that you look at that and you say, God, I am barely surviving. What, what is going on? I have to believe that if you are like me on some level, that you are praying for something and, and praying for something that you believe that God would want to give to you or that God should give to you or, or maybe you're even more noble. You're praying for something he should give for someone else. And, and you get to a point where you're looking at the machine and you're looking at all of the different things that, that are at God's disposal, maybe even more frustrating is there's a machine next to yours where people are getting whatever they want and you're like, seriously? How, how come I'm not getting this? And, and so you hit the buttons again. And you know what it's like to hit the buttons, right? God, if you give me this, you know, we'd start dealing with them. I'll, I'll never ask for anything again at least for a week, that, that I will be more faithful in going to church. Even more, if you want one, this one, if you're really desperate, I will not skip growth group. That would be one that usually works for me as well. But, but we do that. We, we start to make deals with God, and then we get to a point, maybe we start shaking the machine, trying to get what we want any way that we can. And where it leaves us is not only frustrated, but then it leaves us wondering and, and has, have questions about God, about God's ability to do it, God's care for us that he wouldn't do it, and, and then even wondering whether he's listen, listening to us, toying with us, whatever it is. And, and so what happens is I've talked to people, and I've felt this way myself, where there's almost times when I get done praying that I'm more frustrated than when I started because I'm not getting what I believe God wants me to have. That's why it's so important for us to have a message series like this, God and Me, to get back to the basics of our relationship with God. And specifically, as we look at the gift that God gives us in prayer, the ability to talk to him, we will see I talk to God 
and he hears me. So where we go is to one of the most well-known prayers there is, the Lord's Prayer. And before we get into this, you're going to notice this right after we get done reading it. And that is the, the Lord's Prayer is given a number of different places in the New Testament. So, so Jesus did not give the Lord's Prayer just once. That he gave it a, a couple of different times. And what you are going to see is that the Lord's Prayer, the way that we use it, is a little bit different. And one of the reasons why is we take all of those instances of the Lord's Prayer and and group them together. And what I'm hoping that you see by this, and the reason why I'm starting out with this, is so that you realize the Lord's Prayer is not meant to be uh, some type of magical incantation that that then allows us to make sure we have every base covered and, and if we just pray that, then we're good and the conversation is over. Rather, the opposite is true. The Lord's Prayer is not meant to be a conversation ender. The Lord's Prayer is meant to be a conversation starter between you and God. We'll look at that a little more in a moment, but let's begin by looking at Luke 11, 1 through 4. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. The disciples saw something in Jesus when he prayed that they wanted. And and whether it was the the way that he approached prayer, maybe it was his resolve once he returned from praying, we don't know exactly. But we do know that that he had a special relationship with his father. And, And it is something that he also wants us to have as well. At its core, prayer is communication. It's talking with God, and it's communicating back and forth. And at some point, what we have to realize before we even look at prayer is that we live in a society where communication is becoming more and more rare. We are not good at communication. And and the younger generation, the millennials, are even worse as I, I was going through this, I, I looked at an article a friend shared with me, and it was, it was an interesting article, and it, what it was, was it, it was talking about communication for millennials, and, and the article, what they showed at the front was individuals standing there, and what they did is they had pictures in front of their faces, and of course, all of the pictures were smiling faces. And yet behind the photos was a much different story. And, and what that shows is, is with millennials, that's what you see. What you see is what they want you to see on Facebook. They get to choose of all the photos they have, they get to choose the one you see when you look at them. And they get to pick as, as they go through all of their photos which ones they are going to post and, and which ones they want you to see. And in one way or another, it's, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a lie, 
but it's definitely a version of the truth and, and, and the not being completely honest and forthright with what's going on and, and who they are. See, that communication, that honesty, and that transparency is not there. 83% of millennials say they sleep with their cell phone. How many of you here sleep with your cell phone or have it right there, definitely at least as far away as, as, as right there on the stand? 89% of millennials think they shouldn't have to go to work where other people are there who would bother them. <laughs> coffee shops. When you, when you look at coffee shops, I remember JJ's Donuts, and that was the place in Burlington, Wisconsin, where people would go grab a donut and coffee, and you would, there were tons of people there. I mean, it was so much more busy than a uh, Starbucks. It was crazy. But at that time, no one had phones or laptops or anything. And so that's where you would go to talk. And that's what happened as individuals came in and, and, and people knew each other and you would have this vibrant conversation. And now as I sit in Starbucks, and I do spend a lot of time there trying to meet with people, that people just walk in just the whole time, texting the whole time. So many people there. And, and then music played to, to maybe give it a little more noise. Because we're not good at communication. It says here, 80% of millennials don't know how to give a proper handshake. Please no limp wrists and go all the way till you feel the webbing of the hand, just saying. <laughs> Most millennials don't want to go to a class reunion because they already know what's going on in the individuals' lives they care about through Facebook. They don't use doorbells. They just text when they get there. <laughs> As I looked at all of these things, I, I, I thought of this maybe would be what we need to do is we need to text God what we want, and, and, and we would feel more comfortable with that. But that's definitely not what he wants because that's not a relationship. And so in the first blank, you can write, the Lord's Prayer is something God wants for us. It's something he wants for you so that you can communicate with him, that, that a dialogue can begin with the God, with your maker, so that you can be closer to him, so that he can be closer to you. All this he does for us. Now, as we look at this, we'll, we'll go specifically now into Luke chapter 11. and says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. This seems a little bit strange to me, and, and especially strange because it's in Luke chapter 11. So they had gone half of Luke already without really praying properly, at least in their own minds. And the question is, why? Why do you think they did that? Why do you think they, they looked at Jesus? What, what even brought this up? And my guess is that at some point, they would have seen Jesus every day. This would, this would have been Jesus' daily routine, get up at whatever time it was, before dark, often before dark, if not every time, that he would get up before dark, that he would go by himself into a quiet place, and he would spend time praying. And very often he would be alone. And then he would come back 
two hours, three hours later. And, and so I don't know if, if some of they were thinking, how can you pray for three hours? Are you kidding me? What, don't you run out of material after some point that you, you go through talking with God and you're talking with God and talking with God? Lord, the, the longest I pray to God is maybe 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes, and then my mind starts wandering about other things and my mind's bouncing all over the place. Or maybe it was because when Jesus came back from prayer, they noticed in him that there was uh, a comfort, that there was a resolve, that, that he seemed to be at, especially at ease in the morning before their day began after his time with prayer. Whatever it was, they noticed this. They saw this in Jesus and they said, Jesus, we want some of this for ourselves. In the blank, you can write, the desire to communicate is something that comes naturally in a relationship. And I don't care what kind of relationship this is. When, when you get to know someone, whether it's a friend, whether it's someone that you're starting to date or, or anything like that, when there's a relationship, there's going to be a desire to communicate. And it's no different with God. But the art of prayer is something that is learned. The art of prayer is something that is learned. And, and Jesus understood that, and his disciples were, were beginning to understand that. What made me realize this even more was this, this past week and next week, there are going to be individuals at at Crosswalk who have been nominated. You might have seen this in the program about a month ago, uh, that in the program there were calls for nominations for the board of directors for Crosswalk. And through that time, there were four individuals who have been nominated, and those four individuals have a meeting with uh, Pastor Jeff and myself and, and different members of the board. And when we got to the, the very first meeting, I was on my way over there, and, and I was thinking to myself, I, I really hadn't prepared too much for the meeting, because that's kind of Jeff's job. But anyways, <laughs> but when we got there, I thought to myself that this meeting was supposed to be an hour long, and as I was, was getting there, I, I thought about how short a meeting like that could be. Uh, do you have any questions about uh, the board at Crosswalk? No? All right. Um, do we have any questions for him? Uh, hmm. No, you're not like guilty of any crimes or anything, maybe? No? Okay. That, that a meeting like that could be very short. And maybe you, you've had that situation where you've kind of met someone and, hey, how you doing? Uh, you don't know them very well, and then there's an awkward silence, and then you kind of walk away or, or look for a mutual friend or something. But one thing that was great when we got there was, was Jeff had a little outline of talking points, really three of them, and we talked about chemistry, character, and competence. So those who haven't had their meeting, there you go. You guys can do your homework. But anyways, the, the chemistry was we had an opportunity to talk about our crosswalk vision of being a, a church for the unchurched, our mission of, of making fully developed followers of Jesus Christ through the sharing of his word and, and through, through Bible study. 
and then our values, the crosswalk values that are out. Uh, as you walk out, you'll see the word crosswalk, and our values are right there, and they're very clear. And, and so what happened is as we started talking about the chemistry, whether you understand and believe in what we're doing here, and then we went to God's word to talk about character as well. When we look at those who are leaders in the church, the expectations that are there, and also the competence, what gifts it is that God has given them, what we found is that a meeting that we had scheduled for an hour, about an hour and 15 minutes later, when the next person was coming to talk with us, that we realized we could have been there for two, three hours. And, and the conversation never lagged. They, they were great conversations about what God had done for them and, and their love for Christ and their desire to serve uh, in, in the ministry here at Crosswalk. My point is this, is that when you have these talking points, that, that Jeff, if he would have just read them, it would have been over, the meeting would have been over in one minute. But as we use those as, a, as a, a springboard and a launching pad into a conversation, we went for a long period of time. The Lord's Prayer is the same way. And that's what we're going to see here today, that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we'll see that when we pray it, uh, Jonathan was a little worried today because we're going to end this with the Lord's Prayer and he said, usually your prayers are longer than the Lord's Prayer, so the, the music team's going to have to rush out here right away when the Lord's Prayer begins so it's not too short. And see, when we pray the Lord's Prayer that way, I think we're missing something. We're missing the conversation that Jesus wants to start that, and the conversation God desperately wants to have with you. So let's go and, and let's do that today. Use this as a springboard uh, into a conversation with God. And so he said to them, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, or our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Father, very Right up front, Jonathan mentioned that today about the relationship we have with God. He's our Father. He not only created us, but through Christ, He has saved us. The second part, though, hallowed be your name, is one that I, I think sometimes people aren't even sure what that means. And what I would do is look at it in terms of the second commandment. The second commandment is do not misuse God's name. The positive way of saying that, so don't misuse God's name, the, the, the positive way would be to say use God's name properly, or another way you could say it is hallow God's name. And the word hallow means to set apart for a special purpose. And so what he's saying is in, in your lives when you say, Father, hallowed be your name, may I set your name apart. The way that you have made yourself known to me, let me set that part apart for a special purpose. Now, what is that special purpose we set God's name apart for? To pray to him, praise him, give thanks to him, and, and talking to him in prayer. And now when you, you, you go even farther, we could, we could spend the next hour on this, on the names of God. He is the Lord. I am who I am. That's how he makes himself known. But we could also start with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And as we look at Father, we could talk about his creating power, his preserving power, everything that he gives us for our body and life. We could go to the Son, Jesus, Emmanuel, you know, God with us, the, the one who has come to save, our Redeemer, the one who has come to pay the price for sin. And then we go to the Holy Spirit who works through the word, the counselor, the comforter, our advocate. All of these things with God's name set apart for a special purpose. And so as we pray this prayer, we say, Lord, help us to explore your name. Help us to explore this wonderful relationship we have with you. In the blank, you can write, Jesus starts by establishing our connection with God. So these first ones are about connection. We hallow God's name when we use it as he wants us to and when we live in a way that gives him glory. Starts by establishing our connection with God and we use it and and live according to his word to give him glory. Now what I've done in preparation for this for this uh, message is I have prayed the Lord's Prayer on my hike from 43rd Avenue and Estrella up to the top of Maricopa Peak and back, which uh, takes me usually about 50 minutes to get up and about 40-ish to get back. So what I have been, been doing is trying to pray the Lord's Prayer over an hour and a half, and I'm telling you, it can be done. So what I'm going to do right now is just show you I, I, and ask you to join me in prayer as I just pray this first part. And this is kind of how it goes. Pray, dear Lord, thank you that you, you don't have to, you can just listen in, and it'll kind of show you where we're going. Dear Lord, first of all, I want to thank you that you're my father, and Lord, that's something we have in common because we're both fathers. And one of the things that I've found is that I don't think my kids truly understand how much I love and care about them and, and all the good I want for them in their lives and, and how much time I spend thinking about them in their lives. And I have to believe that's the same way you feel about me because you're my father. Help me to be a good child, Lord, and, and to be your child and to live for you. Lord, as I look at all your names as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the depth of that. I'm going to be considering that for an eternity. But Lord, let me today to, to turn to you, to give praise and thanks to you, and to talk to you on a regular basis throughout this day, Lord. Let me, me talk to you and engage you in every aspect of my life. Amen. And that could have gone on and on. I'm just telling you, and it does. And, 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 it, and, and I find myself going and, and bouncing around with so many things going on in my life. And then what I do is I stop. That, that uh, after 10 minutes or so, I stop and then say, oh, where was I? Oh, that's right. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you'll see what I did is I, I bounced over to Matthew chapter 6. And, and that's where it, it gives a little more expanded part of, of what uh, Jesus was praying uh, with the disciples. So, again... Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's go to the next page. Now, as we consider this, what are we praying when we're praying for God's kingdom to come and his will be done? We get a little view in Luke chapter 22 when Jesus is, is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane 
Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, yet, not my will, but yours be done. Just going to tell you it's the most dangerous prayer in Christianity. Giving God the wheel. Tell him, you know what, God? How about you decide, this is what I want, but I'm willing to put it all up to you. And I put it in your capable, all-knowing hands. And also, as we think about the kingdom, the next verse helps us. Luke 17, 20 to 21. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, here it is or there it is. For remember, the kingdom of God is within you. And so when we pray that God's kingdom come, we're not necessarily praying for the end of the world to come. We're not praying for Jesus' second coming when, when he will be the judge, even though if you want to do that, that's fine. That the kingdom that we're talking about, this is really an outreach prayer. What we are praying is that God's kingdom, the kingdom of the Holy Spirit, would come into my heart. That he would break the, the heart of stone that I have. That he would sweep out the sin that is in my life. Also, part of this would be for God's kingdom to come. This is your invest and invite prayer. That, that as you're praying for people, Lord, those who do not know you, may the, the kingdom come into their life. And Lord, in my life, then, as your kingdom comes, as your word uh, works its purpose, may your will be done. And, and what is God's will? God wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants all people to hear the gospel message and believe in him. If you were to ask God, what do you really, really want? That's his answer. In the prayer, or excuse me, in the blank. In prayer, we submit ourselves to God in every way. We submit ourselves to God in every way. We ask God to give us eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. Please understand this. When we say this, we submit to God in every way. Because I would argue that most of my prayer life has been getting God to try to submit to me. God, give me what I want. God, I, I want to come to you and I want your will to bend to mine. And in some ways, that's not a bad thing. That when you are praying passionately, Lord, Lord, please, I'm asking for this in my life, and this is something you, you have told me to come to you. And just like Christ, Christ was praying for his own life. If there's any other way for salvation to be won, if there's any other way that, that people can go to heaven other than through my death, Lord, let, let's go that route. But God's answer to him was very clear. No, there is only one way. There is only one way that mankind can be saved, and that is through the cup that you must drink. It's through your perfect life. It's through your death, and it's through your resurrection. And so as Jesus prayed that prayer, a very understandable prayer, what he had was eternal perspective, that he was able to see more than just his life, and he was able to see how his life and his death would win salvation for all people. And that is also what God wants to have for you as well. That you would see not only these, these short number of years that we are going to live, but that you would see into eternity. 
and that you would submit yourselves to God's will for your life so that you spend that eternity with him, that you would live for him and that you would follow him. And so let's pray. Dear Lord God, we ask that you give us an eternal perspective. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, send your Holy Spirit into my heart because it is definitely a work in progress. There are things in my heart that clog it up and and it's a lack of forgiveness and frustration and selfishness and so many different things, Lord. Uh, Let your kingdom come. Lord, specifically, I want to pray for Robert and Claire, uh, two people that live next door to me. And I have known them for three years, and I have not invited them to crosswalk once. And I know they don't go to church. Uh, Please help me to, they're friends, help me to start this conversation with them and to bring them with me on Easter Sunday. That is my prayer, Lord. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Submitting yourself to God. We continue. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. As we we look at that prayer, it it made me think of Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. And it says this. It says, keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of the Lord. And so what are we praying for in this? We want to communicate our dependence on God for every physical and spiritual need. Daily bread. Think of how many times you've You've prayed to the Lord, how many times I've prayed to the Lord for daily bread, and then complained when that's exactly what I got. Because when I pray, give me today my daily bread, I don't want just today's bread. What I'd really like is a good 10, 20 years worth of bread so that I don't have to worry and come back and keep asking God every day. It would be a lot easier. God, give me today bread for the next 40 years. But he doesn't. And why? Because he loves me enough to make me want to continue to come back and have this conversation with him and be completely dependent on him, not only for my physical needs, but I also need to go back to him spiritually. Every day I sin. Every single day. Every single day I I hurt people who love and care about me, including God. And so every day, with this dependence on him, I go back. And he wants you to as well. Be dependent on God. And so we pray, dear Lord, please make us dependent on you. We, let's be honest, we want so much more than just our daily bread because then it gives us power and, and, it, and it makes us feel like we're under control. Lord, help me stop worrying about next month and next year and 20 years from now. Yes, I want to be responsible with the gifts that you give me, but please help me to be generous, not only with the physical gifts that you give me, because you give me so much more than what I need for today, but especially help me to to be generous with the spiritual gifts and the love that you have given me in Christ. May forgiveness flow from your cross, through your open tomb, to my heart, 
and in the lives of those in my, that I uh, run into in my daily life. Amen. All right. And, and finally, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We'll have you fill out the blank right away. Jesus wants us to enjoy deliverance from any and all kinds of sin and evil in our lives. Deliverance, he wants us to win. And, and when we look at these specifically, when we pray, lead us not into temptation, that God does not lead us into temptation. As a matter of fact, he lets us know where temptation comes from. And it comes from in our own lives when we don't get what we want, and the selfish, sinful desire looks at that thing, becomes fixated on it, and then goes after it. So really, when I say, lead me not into temptation, what I'm asking for is deliverance from myself, from my own sinful wants, from the sinful nature that's inside of me. And then also keep us from the evil one. Now this is the other enemy, not just the one inside me, but, but Satan, the powers of evil that are at work, that want to hurt me, that want to crush me, that want me to be afraid, to realize that Satan is a terrorist who, who, who is going to continue to come after me until the day I finally die and go to heaven. And the promise from Jesus is that that is exactly what we get, deliverance from temptation and evil. And so finally, where does this leave us? The last verse, James 1, 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And so what we see is God does not want us frustrated when we pray to him. God does not want us wondering what is going on. He, he doesn't want us wondering whether he's capable to take care of us or whether he cares enough to take care of us. But rather, when we go to him, he wants us to have this conversation, to, to go to him with confidence, knowing that he hears and answers us. And so in the blank, you can write, the Lord's Prayer gives us confidence that we are asking for good gifts that God will give to us. He wants us to be confident. And so, here is the way that it ends. Go back to the beginning. Think of that vending machine and, and all of those things that, that are there and, and they, they are enticing and they are things that if you're honest, you can say, yeah, I do want those. And, I'm, I, and it's not wrong to ask God for them. But then I want you to think next to that of... of Another, if you want to think of it as a vending machine, I, I, don't, I don't care. But, it, but imagine it without the glass there where you can reach and you can grab into those. And that, those are the gifts that God gives us in the Lord's Prayer. That the promise of that connection, I guarantee you promise for that prayer, that you pray that prayer for connection with God, you already have it through your Father in heaven and his name. That you pray for submission Lord, help me submit myself, and may your kingdom come, and may your will be done. I guarantee you God is working that even as you pray it. That when you pray for dependence on God, for your physical and spiritual needs, he does that for you every day by giving you everything that you need, and sometimes 
by not giving you what you want. And then finally, deliverance. Yes, that God is there. Jesus has won the battle on the cross. Jesus has won the the victory over the grave. Jesus has defeated sin. He's defeated death. He's defeated Satan. And he's defeated your sinful nature as well. So that when you go to him, you can pray with confidence. We have covered a lot of ground with the Lord's Prayer today. And and, And remember, this is the start of a conversation that I pray leads you to continue to have more conversations with your Lord, knowing that he hears you. So let's close with the Lord's Prayer. And we join together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. It is my prayer for you today that that this is a start of a conversation for you. Maybe a long overdue conversation with God. And the talking points of directing you on where you go, he has given to you. Use them and and engage in this this conversation, which is effective and life-changing. And now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.